With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the VRO. This is a special edition for our Vampire Diaries month of May. Today you have me, Jess, Amber, and Amy on the switch. Today we are interviewing the badass Joseph Morgan who plays Klaus. My apologies if this interview is not live due to Joseph's schedule. Thank you to the other fan sites and individuals that submitted questions. They were all really awesome, and we're looking forward to seeing what his answers are. So let's get to it. All right. Well, we know that your time is limited, so we're going to jump right in because we know you've been doing this all day. I'm Jess, and um, I run VampireStalkers.com, and my co-host is Amber, and she she runs Vampire Support, and she also works with me on the VRO. So we're going to be the two interviewing you today, okay? Okay, the first question is, first off, we'd like to give you a couple of moments to tell us about your charity, Positive Women. Running charities ourselves, we understand the importance of awareness. Oh, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a big supporter of Positive Women. Um, you can find them at positivewomen.org, and they really are about, are, are about uh, empowering women in Swaziland. And... Um, Swaziland is a country with a population of about 1.2 million, but it has the highest HIV epidemic um, in the world. And the, the, average, uh, the average age a person will reach in Swaziland is about 32 years old, 32 to 35 years old. So it's, uh, it's really kind of impoverished and it's really um, uh, in need of our help, you know. Uh, and... One of the ways that Positive Women is looking to do this is through empowering the women of Swaziland, what we think of as their greatest untapped resource. And so uh, it's really about teaching the women skills so that they can bring their whole country forward and they can help everyone. You know, I'm sure I've said this before, but, um, you know, in Swaziland, uh, rape isn't recognized as a crime. So by the age of 14, 15, most uh, or a, a majority of women have already have children, through, which are the product of a rape, and it's just kind of unbelievable to me that these things aren't recognised more or kind of talked about more. We can't do something about this, you know. It's not a big country we're talking about here. I really think that this is something we can turn around in our lifetimes. That's that's amazing. I I, I was so excited to to start out by knowing when we first heard of you and that you had been cast for the show that you already had a charity that you were backing you know that that just put such a positive spin on things and hopefully in the future we can do something to help you raise money for this great cause because it's amazing that would be fantastic yeah so it's www.positivewomen.org where you can donate okay that's great We'll, we'll definitely put that up on the site so everyone can see it um you seem to make a conscious effort to get the Vampire Diaries fandom before launching on Twitter. How has your TVD fan experience been so far? Are there things that have surprised you? Is it intimidating or exhilarating to come on board a show with such devoted fan base? It's it's all of the above. It's uh, 
I, yeah, I was blown away by by the fans when I, I mean, when I first joined Twitter, people just kind of, uh, I think I had something like twenty two thousand fans by morning, and I joined you know eleven p.m. at night or something. It was unbelievable to me the responses and the interest people took, and then the, the support I got, you know, and I was really keen from the beginning to involve the fans. I mean, that's why I read the books. That's why I watched the show. You know, I, I wanted to give Klaus um, the... I wanted to be as faithful to Klaus from the books and from the, the, the way he was talked about in the show as, as possible. I wanted. I didn't want to disappoint people. I wanted people to really... I wanted this character to be everything people wanted him to be. And so that's why I was keen to involve people, involve the fans on Twitter and and really to kind of um, just develop a tone of speaking or a type of kind of personality. You'll notice like some of the tweets that I put out were more kind of in character, and that was interesting to, for me to see how people reacted to those. And then I, I asked a, a fair few questions about kind of horror films and the vampire genre and vampire books, just to see if the type of people who watched the show and who were, fans of uh, of the show and wanted this character to be so kind of special to see if I was on the same page if I was watching the same things as them and reading the same things as them so yeah it was kind of mind blowing how involved people wanted to be and how much of a following the show has you know yeah I have to say your tweets have been incredible and they've definitely lived up to the character and, and I think that has helped bring everybody kind of on your team and that's an amazing thing that, you know, you started with them already there wanting more so that's awesome. Yeah, I'd say that um, I, I, I in just the I certainly, I've been um, people have got frustrated I think with me teasing things sometimes but I, I really feel like that's in keeping with the uh, with with the character I'm playing, you know, he's 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 the biggest tease there is, I think. The, and um, you know, it's also it's in, there's so many things that I want to share with the fans in in terms of the character and where it goes and the journey and what happens and all of this stuff, which obviously I can't share and I wouldn't dream of spoiling it for them and taking that experience away from them. But I also get too excited and I feel like I have to say something, so I, I end up just being able to put out something which probably is more infuriating than anything, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say in the few short episodes that Klaus has been in that he's easily gained a fan base as big as some of the characters that have worked two seasons to do it. Yeah, it's uh it's crazy how the the word of Klaus has spread, isn't it? It's um Yeah, it's it's he's a good villain. All right. <clears throat> With Klaus and Elijah comes an incredible history that we've just managed to scratch the surface of, but it's obvious that the backstory is much of the forefront of Elijah's experience. Do you think that Klaus is one to cling to the past, or has his single mindlessness made him a very made him very much a man of the present? If that's the case, has he learned any lessons over the past one thousand years? Hmm, that's interesting. Now, I think that first of all, I I I think that Klaus is the kind of guy who bears a grudge. I think he bears a grudge. He's too stubborn and too self-involved not to. I think that. 500 years ago, when we saw we saw the 1490s, we saw um, that Elijah was very much uh, a part of his life. I mean, obviously being his brother, but also a very, like a kind of... Daniel Gillies and I talked about him as being a sort of conciliary to Klaus, to Klaus's godfather. You know, he was the voice of reason there for Klaus, clearing up his messes 
um, keeping his keeping him grounded, keeping his feet on the ground. And I feel like after that argument happened in the past, after that kind of um, uh, after they split apart, after Klaus figured that Elijah was involved in Katerina's escape and therefore she wasn't able to do the sacrifice and Klaus kind of blamed Elijah for that. I think that Klaus has had no one to bring him back down to earth for the last 500 years. He's had no one to go, to sort of question or guide him. And so I think that he really hasn't learned as much as he should or he would have if Elijah were, had been by his side. I think if anything, he's he's become more isolated and more kind of deluded in his opinions of himself and uh, therefore more crazy, really. So I think there is a certain part of him that can uh, that has embraced the modern world. I mean, we saw him in episode 20, you know, utilizing technology with the phone and the um, that goes in the laptop, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And I think he is he is embracing that uh, the the future, you know. Certainly, he's he's trying to complete this sacrifice and break this curse, which he be- believes will allow him to sire a new race of of hybrids, and therefore. You know, he, he believes he is creating the future, and and so so certainly embracing it. So I think it's a bit of both, really. You know, I think he'll always bear grudges towards the people who have crossed him. I don't think he's he's one to give up those very easily. Well, with um, <clears throat> you said you said you've watched the show, so you saw kind of in the beginning how Damon and Stefan started out rough, and then they're close, and then it's rough again. Um, with what you just said about the past with Klaus, do you think there's any brotherly affection left between Klaus and Elijah, or do you just believe they're going to be complete enemies now? Hmm. I think that it's never going to be a dynamic of complete trust. It's never going to be open love and trust between them, because uh, Klaus is, I don't think Klaus is capable of being that vulnerable. And, and that open in, in, in a relationship, whatever that might be, with a girl or with his brother, with family, with friends, you know, I think there's always, he's always going to be guarded. Let's not forget that he was one of seven siblings and he was hated by his own father or who he thought was his father at that time. And later he found out that he was the product of an affair. His mother had an affair with someone from the Wells bloodline. And so he's always, I feel like he's always felt a little inferior Maybe his father loved his six siblings more than he loved him. And so I think there's been a sense... He's always felt like he had something to prove, and he's always felt a little guarded and a little resentful of his brothers, or or his brother and, you know, his other siblings. So I think, yeah, I I don't think he's ever going to be capable of a genuine, open, honest friendship and relationship with Elijah. I think he'll always hold something back, you know. Right. Sad. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to seeing how it portrays, that's for sure. Does the knowledge yeah. of Klaus's dormant werewolf side influence how you approach the character? Are there any werewolf qualities you've integrated into your portrayal, or do you think Klaus is too far removed from that latent side for it to manifest in other ways? I think it, it, I did try and take it into account, the uh, his werewolf side. I think... Um, Something I, I, I learned about werewolves when I first arrived in Mystic Falls is that they are uh, they are quite volatile. They, ha- they have their emotions close to the surface, and so they, that, that kind of animalistic or bestial side of them is released. Um, it, it, it's kind of uh, it, it's, it's 
it's always there. It's just, like I say, it's just below the surface. It's ready to kind of break out. And so they kind of, I guess they have a, a short fuse or a, a temper on them. And I wanted Klaus to, I wanted there to be a conflict with him between his vampire side, which is this very patient, calm nature. You know, uh, um, this is a guy who's been around for a thousand plus years, you know. And um, I wanted that to, you know, have a contrast with his werewolf side, which was his more um, animalistic and, uh, like I say, bestial side. So there was really that kind of fury and that kind of um, emotionally volatile side of him crossed with that kind of more patient, controlled methodical side you know and I felt like there was there's points where we want the pendulum to swing more to one side so we catch more of a glimpse and we go oh that's his werewolf side coming out there or that's his vampire side and I I did try to do that and I think if I hope if if you're sort of aware of that then you can watch it back and see ah there's there's a little more werewolf coming in there or there's a little more vampire coming in there you know okay I'm loving your answers, by the way. Thank <laughs> you very much, sweetheart. That's very sweet. Leading up to this point, we were under the assumption that Greta was being made to do the things. Now she seems to be where she wants to be. In your opinion, is Greta with you because she wants to be, or you think there are ulterior motives? I think uh, Greta has been swept off her feet by the potential power involved with being part of Klaus's um, master plan. I think, I, I'm sure that Klaus can be very convincing and power is very seductive and I think that she has, um, she, doesn't she say something, she says something at the end of episode 20 where, uh, is it Elena says something about your father and your brother were looking for you and she says, well they made a mistake, I wasn't lost. And I think that's, how she felt, you know, I've talked before about um, uh, being playing a vampire is, is, is interesting to me because you, it, it feels like you're playing an outcast, but you're a very powerful outcast with an uh, uh, incredibly powerful secret. And I think that Greta, having felt like probably like an outcast all her life as a witch, you know, um, she suddenly feels like she has a purpose. You know, everyone strives looking for something greater, some reason why they're, they're on Earth, why they're alive. And I think really what Klaus has done is given Greta a reason and given her a purpose and made her feel special, you know. And so I think, I think she's sold on him and on his plan. I think she's in it to win it. I think that's okay. what I that got from sense. it, too. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what I got from it, too. All right, uh, we've mentioned before that uh, you seem to really know the character Klaus. You've tweeted book re- references and et cetera. Do you find that art is imitating life? <laughs> oh, what do you mean by that? I guess, like, do you find part of yourself in this character? Like, do you find, like, do you bring a little bit of Joseph to it? Like, do you feel like your your art well, imitates yeah, I, part of I, your I life? Do. I do. Um, and I think um, that's true of any character that you play. You you draw heavily on aspects of yourself, you know. I'm I'm not trying to put across that I'm a, a sociopathic murdering half vampire half werewolf but I there are aspects of uh, his playful nature for example which are certainly part of my personality um, he has 
an intensity which we're going to see more of in in the coming episode, which I think I, 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 you draw from you know elements of your past or things that kind of provoke emotions that are necessary for the role. You, you, so yeah, I, th- I think there are um, there are definitely elements of of me in there, and um, you know there's elements of him bleed into your life as well. You know, like I found myself occasionally sort of thinking about a scene or a reaction or something and suddenly you feel like oh I'm doing it now I'm sort of I'm looking at that person you know through Klaus's eyes or I'm doing I'm embodying it <laughs> too much at the moment yeah it's uh the line is blurred you know <laughs> good answer Good answer. All right. Um, you've also mentioned being a big fan of the vampire genre in a couple of in a couple of other interviews. Uh, what about it do you find particularly appealing, and do you feel that the Vampire Diaries brings something unique to the genre, and how do you think that your character is contributing to that? Um, I yeah, I I mean, what I find fascinating about the genre, I suppose, is the I. The idea, most vampires are loners, you know, and that's always been interesting to me. So someone who's um, essentially alone uh, and isn't able to formulate proper relationships with, with human beings because of this great weight uh, of power that they carry and this great uh, appetite, you know, where they actually, where they're dangerous to, 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 to humans. They're putting humans in jeopardy by being around them. And so that's always been kind of fascinating to me, someone who is a loner through choice because they you know, because of the uh the weight of their power, or someone who embraces that power and that um potential and really sort of like uh gives in to the, the nature that they've inherited. So it's just a sort of I suppose the it's it's the being enticed by someone who has a secret. That's uh my attraction to vampires, they have this secret, and the secret is phenomenal, you know, and, and interesting, fascinating, and uh, devastating, and, and wonderful, and all of these things. So that's really what, what, one of the attractions to me. I think the vampires in Vampire Diaries, um, I mean, one of the things that they bring to the table is just, just through being on a television series, we're able to, you know, it's not a two-hour film or a, a, a series of films where we get to sort of only see them to a certain extent. We really have the time to explore them and what it means to be a vampire. I think I'm right in saying that um, season three, Julie Pleck has hinted at uh, involving the uh, being you know, primarily about the originals, and therefore we're, we're going to get a real idea of what it means to be alive for that length of time, to really experience that kind of loneliness, the weight of time, you know? And so I think the only way you can really do that is through a TV series because you get that amount of... Um, you get exposed to your characters for that length of time, for that amount of time, you know? You really get a, a fuller sense of who they are. So it's been... It's just been able to explore them more deeply, I think, the TV series. And um, I feel like it's, you know, to do that and then have all the, have the roller coaster ride of twists and turns that it takes is, um, it's really, uh, it's really exciting. All right, Joseph. 
Which of Klaus's personality traits do you think is the key to his undoing? On a related note, is Klaus as smart as he believes himself to be? Um, I'm going to answer the first, the second part of that first. I, I think that Klaus is incredibly smart. He's got he's he's uh, got a wealth of experience to draw upon, and let's not forget he's attempted this sacrifice once before and it's got wrong so he's really tried to prepare for every eventuality so I would like to think he is as smart as he thinks he is Um, if there's anything any of his character traits that are going to be his undoing it's going to be his confidence his um, arrogance really I because he thinks he is as smart as he thinks he is you know (laughs) he's um, (laughs) he he really believes that he is um he's not going to be crossed he doesn't see anyone as a threat he uh believes that the only threat to him bonnie has been killed he he just he's too wrapped up in what will happen after he completes the sacrifice i think you know the, the this sort of ascending to a the godlike status of a hybrid and being able to sire his own race of uh, you know, crossbreeds, that I think that he needs to really stay present and stay in the moment and be aware of anyone who's going to come and try and interfere with his plan. But I worry, I fear that he will become too self-involved and too focused on his goal that the blinkers will stop him from seeing people approaching from the side, you know, <laughs> to infiltrate and, and to uh, to destroy his... Uh, well-laid plan. Well, I tell you what, I'm just totally ready to see what ha- what we have to come just for the rest of this season. I can't imagine for next season if we get that lucky. So we just want to say thank you so much for spending thank time you. with yes, us thank today. You. You're more than welcome. Thank you. It was a pleasure. We have one last small favor to ask you. If you don't mind just doing a sound bite for us, you can put your own spin on it, say what you want to, just something along the lines of this is Joseph Morgan and you're listening to the VRO, that'd be awesome. Okay. This is Joseph Morgan and you're listening to the VRO, sweetheart. Thank you. Thank you. You're more than welcome. Thank you very much, guys. All right. Well, have a good day finishing your interviews. You too. Thank you. Have a good day. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.